welcome to the Moving Past You radio show, a show about identifying, confronting, and embracing the obstacles that block and delay us in walking in our divine purpose. Each week, we delve into the complexities and rewards of walking in your purpose. Now, here's your host, Juanita Gaynor. Good evening, everyone. Um, I am so grateful um, for all the support and how everyone's been following. Um, of course, you know, the pandemic's been a little crazy and we've taken a little bit of hiatus, but, you know, we are ramping back up with the new season, season four, starting next month. Um, and in September, we have awesome brand new guests. But what I'm bringing to you on this evening is what I call an oldie but goodie. Um, this particular topic um, of discussion that I had was actually recorded August 31st of 2018. And I was working with a group of young ladies who was doing what we called preaching in pink on Periscope. Yes, we're talking Periscope days. Um, And it was such an amazing time, not only for myself, as I really began to deep dive and, you know, dig into my healing when it came to me um, dealing with the sexual and physical abuse as a child and even, you know, the domestic violence within my marriage. But there were so many people that were blessed by that. And someone asked me about this topic about a couple of weeks ago, because of course they did not find it on the website and they was like, you know, of course, Periscope is gone. So I hope this blesses you. I hope this keeps you. Again, the topic is hunted at conception. Um, We go into the book of Job, but the core scripture focus is Romans 8, 28 through 30. I hope this blesses you. I hope this keeps you and just stay tuned. Thank you. This is what we are calling testimony Friday. And I think it's fitting um, with this being the last day of the month. And I'm so grateful for those who watch and who've been following and who interact. So um, I'm taking this time a little bit to just tell kind of a little bit of my story, my testimony, things, how I started out, um, how this journey has been for me. um, And My prayer is that someone can be inspired, someone can be touched, someone can know that they're not the only one that is in this, was in this predicament or has gone through these trials or these tribulations, um, that they too can um, go through these, but always there's a purpose. Um, And so for me, um, today's topic um, is if you've seen it, it's hunted at conception. And I know um, it can be a jolt when seeing that topic. You're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Um, when I was younger and coming up, the book of Job was always is a book that for some reason that I always really loved. Um, it I could read that particular book of the Bible all the time. And I would just be amazed that how many of the things that Job was doing or saying I was doing and saying myself in my life because I couldn't understand what the purpose for me going through the the trials and the tribulations that I was going through um, in reference to being on earth. And so 
When I say hunted at conception, um, it was like if you go to Job, the first chapter in verse eight and the enemy, the devil was saying, you know what? I don't have anybody who, who can I, you know, mess with? Who can I come after? And God said, have you considered my servant Job? And, and the, the, the devil was like, please, if you take everything from him, he's definitely going to curse you. He's going to die. He's not going to continue to follow you. And so therefore God allowed him to strip him of everything but he said you cannot touch his life you cannot touch his life at all you could take everything else but his life belongs to me and so when after i gone through counseling sessions and really began to deal with a lot of the traumas that i dealt with i reflected back on the book of job and why i loved it so so it was like the enemy said, hey, I want to test her. And yeah, no, she's not on this earth yet, but I am going to make her life a living hell from the time conception is thought of so that she will never serve you. And when I think on it, from the time I've stepped foot on this earth and was birthed onto this earth, it's been crazy. It's been, you know, a, a ups and downs, whatever. So for most who do not know my story, um, I am a survivor of child physical abuse and sexual abuse. And I'm also a domestic violence survivor. Um, I had been, my mother is, my mother was a heroin addict from the time um, from what I know now, from the time in which she was a 14 or 15 years old. And we have an older brother who was taken from her because of her drug use. And we know there's another sister out there who was also taken because of her drug abuse. Um, with her taking drugs between me and my younger brother, you know, we've had health issues. We have other, you know, physical issues. She was also very abusive. Um, so what a lot of people didn't know at the time was my mother at the age of five, my mother was very involved in heroin. And at the age of five, I remember it was the day that I learned that sex was a means to an end, that there was no emotion to it and women couldn't be trusted. Um, it was the day that my mother decided that she didn't have cash to pay for her drugs. And so that day I became her currency and hence went up, up uh, just a downward spiral of my existence um, that I knew. Um, it became a spirit was entered into me that was un. You know, at that age, I had not been prepared for, you know, when they say, you know, children should grow up and learn and be nurtured. That is true. You know, why there's a reason why we are protected. We're supposed to be protected from certain things while we're allowed to grow. There's a reason why things, you know, shouldn't happen before puberty. There's a reason why you should be in a committed relationship or marriage before entering into intimate contact. Um, now, please do not take me saying that I'm judging 
anyone who has done the opposite because I have it. So I'm not judging you. I'm, what I'm saying is that I understand what my grandmother was now saying about why these things, there's a, there's a process to these things. And so what happened was that day there became a spiritual battle between good and evil that erupted within me. And I didn't know how to fight it because at the age of five, I'm not equipped emotionally, psychologically, or spiritually to fight that battle. And so it went on for many years and eventually we were taken, um, but only to be taken to then be abused by others. And so I had a really jaded view of God. I loved him. I understood. I, I love, you know, praising and worship. I love reading the word, but I couldn't understand why these things were allowed to happen. And so I began to question a lot about what God was doing in my life. And as, as a young age, you know, as I'm still developing, I didn't understand a lot. So right after high school, I graduated high school in about June of 93. And that November, my mother died. Um, and she, they said it was pneumonia related, but I know she had been a, a heroin and needle user all her life. We know that she died from, you know, HIV and AIDS. And when that happened, that is when my spiral began to happen because now I felt that I would no longer be able to get the answers to the questions that I needed, that I deserved those answers and now I was being robbed. So therefore, I began to do any and everything that I was bad enough to do. I was such in a deep hole and a dark hole that I knew committing suicide would be wrong. So what I did was I put myself in situations praying that someone would do it for me so that my family wouldn't have the burden of saying, you know, oh, this is what, you know, this is what, how she left. And I didn't understand that even in that God was covering me. God had told Satan, you can do all these things to her, but you cannot have her life. Her life belongs to me. You know, so in that process, you know, with I was in the, in the ministry, um, still doing things, um, not understanding fully, but I loved praise and worship. I love ministering through song. It was something that just brought me great joy. But I had this deep, dark hole that I thought I covered. And then, you know, I went into, I went from being a battered and abused child to a battered and abused teenager to a battered and abused young adult to a battered and abused wife and girlfriend. And not all of it was physical. A lot of it was emotionally. I was so emotionally damaged. Um, there was no self-esteem. There was no love. Um, people would tell me all the time, you're so pretty. You're so talented. I didn't believe that stuff because I never had the, you know, fortification of that growing up. Now, my grandmother, what I can tell you when I say that as a praying woman, she was a praying woman, you know, 
she was a praying woman and she covered me and I didn't even know it. You know, when she was holding me close, I thought she was smothering me. When she was giving me advice, I thought it was just too much. And she passed the year before my mother, mother passed. Um, that was in 92. And it was like five years ago that I began to understand what her prayers were for, that she was covering me all the way. And as I began to seek counseling, because I, at that point, five years ago, had a complete break. It was like, you know, I love God and I, you know, I go to church or whatever, but I, they were making me feel guilty to say, well, if you serve God, you don't need to go see a therapist or you don't need to go speak to somebody. You, that should all be, you should just continue to pray more. And I just said, you know what? I can't believe that. I can't believe that God has given people this knowledge and this, you know, insight to help others. I can't believe that we're not supposed to use them. That's like saying that I have, you know, a bad heart. And because I'm a Christian or, you know, a Muslim or a Hindu, however, whatever, you know, your religious pattern is or foundation is that I should forego things based on that, unless that is what the belief is. So what I did was I, if with my asthma, I'm an asthmatic, I'm a chronic asthmatic. I don't sit up there and say, well, you know what? I'm going to continue to pray while I can't breathe. And I said, I decided to take that same action with my mental health. And once I did that and I began to talk with a therapist, I remember um, the day my first appointment and she was, you know, so sweet and she got it. She had worked with people who had been abused sexually and physically. <clears throat> she had, you know, was a domestic violence advocate. Um, she had worked with organizations that I'm familiar with. So I was very comfortable with her. But, you know, there's a, you have a, a psychotherapist, which is the person you speak to. And then you have a psychiatrist, which is the one that is, you can give you the, right, the prescriptions for your medication. And, you know, the, the psychiatrist came in and he was talking to me and he was asking me, you know, had you ever been on medicine? And I said, yeah, they used to give me Valium all the time as a kid. You know, I didn't think anything of it. And he said, well, you've never been in counseling. You've never done. And I said, no, you know, they didn't do any of those things. They just handed me the pills and was like, take these and you should be fine. And what he said to me was, I'm not going to give you medication right now. Not because you don't need it. He says, what the reason I'm not going to give it to you is because I don't have a solid history. He says, I want you to speak with your psychotherapist and I want you to talk through these things. He's like, if we can't get you down, then we'll consider medicine. But he said something that made it click all for me. He said to me, it's okay that you're not okay. And it was the first time that someone um, made me not feel guilty for feeling, you know, abused and neglected and questioned and why I wasn't protected. You know, I finally had someone who was telling me that, yes, you should have been protected. Yes, that is, you know, that person's job. You shouldn't feel bad about, you know, feeling that you should have done that. Those are your feelings to have. And as I began to talk through things and work through things and begin to reading my word more, there was a better understanding 
now of the word. I began to understand the full attack. The book of Job opened up so much more for me um, because now I got it. I really, really got it. I really got it. It was just like, wow, you know, I get we as people of God and Christians and I'm saying Christians because that's what I am. I'm a Christian. So I don't want anyone else to feel like I'm sliding you or anything like that. So please don't feel that way. Um, so when I begin to look at things and I, I look at the points in my life when I was at high, high points and then I would come crashing down, but I still served him because to, in my mind, there was no other it didn't make any other sense not to serve him. Did I fall off? Yes, I did. Did I sometimes just didn't go because, you know, people at church hurt me or, you know, they would miss you know, mistreated me and abused me? Yes. Did, you know, there was times that I walked away? Absolutely. But I continued to press forward. So, you know, just in the last two years, I was at a really, really high place. I thought, Nothing could touch me. And but then what happened was, is that I kind of forgot who who was keeping me because I got so comfortable. And then I feel like, you know, I, I can hear, you know, Satan like, did she go watch? I'm, I'm, I, let me have her. Let me let me have that. Just let me take let me have it. I guarantee you she's going to walk away this time. Yeah, I didn't. And the reason why I didn't is because when God restores, he restores and opens doors that I couldn't even imagine. Two months ago, if, if someone had told me that I would even be doing this or on Periscope, even speaking about this, I would have never believed you. You know, if, you know, two months ago, if someone said to me even a year ago, not even a year ago, if, if, a, if a whole month ago, 30 days ago, two weeks ago, someone told me that I would have the opportunity to host my own radio show, speaking on these issues, helping others with these issues, I would have never believed you. You know, it's, a year ago, if someone said the place that you're going to be in, it may seem like a low place, but he's opening doors and the businesses are beginning to flourish and things are beginning to happen. I would have never believed it, but I've always stayed the course. Have I fallen off? I'm going to say that again. Yes, I have. I have not physically been in a church in two years because the last one I was a part of was... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. It was so emotionally damaging to me that I just backed up and I was just like, you know, I need to really just reconnect with God and find out where he wants me to be and take all of these burdens off. And, you know, I had picked up drinking again really heavily, you know, things like a Magnum bottle of wine a day. I'm not even going to lie. I'm being real transparent because I need somebody to understand 
that these are the things that happens when in your life, just because you say you're a Christian and you save and you're serving these trials and these tribulations, these they happen, the things, you know, you fall off, you slack up, you back up, they happen. That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Um, Marvin Sapp in his, you know, song, when he says, he is mine, I'm his. It doesn't matter what I did. He only sees me for who I am. Um, that's the song. He saw the best of me. And, you know, he was writing that song about his father. And when you think about God, he's yours, you're his. It doesn't matter what you did. He only sees you for who you are and for who you are is for what he's purposed you, what he predestined you for, what he planned your life for on this earth. You know, when they say, when you say testimony, you have to break that down. Testimony, there's a test in it. You know, there's a test, you know, that you have to go through to get to the testimony, meaning the telling of the story, the showing of where it comes from, you know, it doesn't mean that you're just, you know, just floating on this earth. Sometimes it does feel like you are. Sometimes it's just like, Lord, what is going on? Why am I going through these things? And it is not some, a lot of the trials and tribulations that you're going through is for you, but it's always for someone else. You have people watching you that you don't even know that are watching you. I know I have people watching me that I don't even realize that's watching me. They want to see what my day to day is. They want to see how I say certain things. And what I've learned to do is to be careful with my words, choose my words. Yes, I do have my days and some, you know, I have friends one time, I think the one, one time I just completely just lost it on Facebook and I had friends reach out to me and was like, okay, what is going on? Because I'm usually a little bit calm and collected when it comes to social media. But there was a trigger that happened and, you know, I, and I, I couldn't, I had to face it. I had to deal with it, you know, so you're going to have those things. So the scripture that I put into the title when, um, is from Romans eight twenty eight. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, and I'm reading from the King James Version. And it says, as we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. For he, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, moreover, whom he predestined, then he also called and whom he called, he also justified and whom he justified them. He also glorified. So when you think about all the things that you're going through, he knew. He knew that we were going to go through these trials and tribulations. Jesus was tested. If, if Jesus was tested, 
who's his own son who came down in flesh to, you know, to carry our burdens, you know, risk him being, you know, away from his father and his father turning on him to take on our burdens. If he was tested, we're going to be tested. What he did on earth was to show us how we can go through it. He got angry. He got upset. He showed all of those human emotions, but he did it all in love. And that's what I'm working on. I'm working on learning how to exhibit those emotions, but be loving in it. I can be upset, but I don't have to. There's a way you can say something to someone to be like, you know, you really hurt my feelings. And I'm, hopefully you didn't mean it, but that hurt my feelings. And when you say something hurt your feelings, tell them how it hurts you. You know, because if you don't address it, it can't be fixed. And that doesn't mean if you can't do it right then and there, don't do it right then and there. Because then if you're angry and you do it, and then you come back later after you calm down, that person's not going to receive it. So walk away. I learned I had to take anger management classes. Those classes are wonderful. If you need them, go for it. What that helped me to do was to learn trigger points, to know when I could had enough, when I couldn't handle it by myself, when I had to walk away and take a breather, you know, or put some good gospel music on or pick up my word. And sometimes I'm going to be honest, I love all music. And sometimes if I had to put some rap on some jazz, whatever I needed to do to get to recenter and refocus so that a conversation could be had. Um, that was productive, that's what you do. You know, God has made all of these resources available to us. You know, he has imparted wisdom and knowledge on the people that's providing it. So we need to begin to take advantage, full advantage of what he has allowed us to have a part of so that we can be full functioning, productive members of this earth to really begin to walk in our purpose and live for him and to do the things that he wants us to do. He wants his goal is for us to have life and have it abundantly so that we can provide inheritance for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children from generation to generation. So we, we need to come out of that. We need to just be broken all the time. No, we don't. You know, it ha- being broken has a time and a place. Time and a place. It is not all the time. And so one other one that I began to really quote myself when I decided that I wanted healing, that I wanted to be whole um, and to begin to do that, you know, the walk um, is John 5 and 6. And basically, this was um, the man by the pool. And he was saying, you know, he had been there forever. And he was just like, you know, when, you know, I... I, I want to be whole and I want to, you know, get whatever, but no one can take me. And verse um, chapter five, verse six says, when Jesus saw him lie and he knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto them, "Wilt thou be made whole. And 
what God is asking at times is, is that do you do you want to be good? Do you want to be okay? Do you want to really begin to live your life and walk in this purpose? And sometimes, not sometimes, okay, I'm talking about me. Most of the time, it was like, yeah, I want to be whole, but right now, I want to beat her up. Right now, I want to tell him and give him a piece of my mind. Right now, I, I do, but no, nah, you got to let me handle that because I got to get with them. And that's not what God is saying. When he's asking us, do we want to be whole? He's asking us, are we willing to allow him to step in and do what he needs to do? And are we willing to go through the steps, the motions, whether it's seeing a therapist, um, going through anger management classes, being healthier, being whatever, are we willing to do the steps so that we can walk in a productive life? You know, and when I made that decision about my mental health, now there's aspects, there's various aspects of being whole, you know, I had to effectively make that decision about my mental health. You know, I could no longer be angry at a woman who didn't know how to raise me or love me because she know she didn't know I was asking for something that she couldn't give. You know, I'm asking, I was asking for protection when I found out years later that she herself as a child had been sexually abused. So I'm asking for something that she could never give. I'm staying angry because I'm feeling like I deserve to, you know, whatever, but she couldn't give it to me. And what I thought was the biggest letdown and the biggest hurt is when she walked away from us. That was the best thing she could have ever done. Now, of course, you don't understand as a child at eight years old. Why? Because even though she was abusive, she was still, you know, my mom. You don't understand why, you know, she walks away. But 20 plus years later, I get it. It was that probably that one lucid moment when she wasn't on those drugs and she says, I got to let him go. That was the best thing that she could have done. And the time, you know, that she couldn't do anything else. She probably is like, I can't raise them. Not the way they want to be. And you know what? And she may have said, I don't want them to have the life that I had. So she let us go. Of course, it took many years to understand that. And sometimes we have to let go of those past hurts. Sometimes God allows death in our lives. Like he'll take parents away, you know, or friends. He has to remove that person or that situation so that we can move on to the next level because we're so in that in that muck. Because had my mother still been alive, I'd have still been looking for that answer. I'd have still been like, why? And I'm looking for an answer that she couldn't give me because she didn't know herself. So my question to you is, what is it that you want to do to be whole? What are the steps are you willing to take? What are you willing to take off? Because the mask has to come off at some point. You know, it can be, you know, you're angry at that girlfriend who you think stole your man. You know, it could be your brother. 
It could be your sister. It could be your auntie. This is what I tell anyone um, that is having problems with other people. I had problem with women because the one woman in my life that was supposed to cover me betrayed me at an age. And so I learned that they couldn't be trusted. And once I identified that and I identified that women are not evil and they're not, you know, all of these things, I began to adjust how I spoke. So now when I, you know, hear women and they're going through whatever the first, what I go through now is the first thing I, I ask is what happened to them as a child? Who broke their heart? So whoever you have, if you have an issue with, like if you have an issue with women, myself, ask yourself this question. What was the first woman that broke your heart? It could have been that auntie who was your favorite auntie. It could have been that, you know, girlfriend that you liked. It could have been a sister. The first woman that broke your heart. And once you trace that back to that, then you can understand how you relate to other women. And the same thing for men. Who was the first man that broke your heart? And this, this relates to men or women. You know, who was that first person that broke your heart and broke your trust? And then you can identify and dig out where that leads to. Because once you, until you get to the core, until you're really to do the work, trust me, the work is hard. It's been four years since I've been in counseling and I go all the time. And sometimes depending on high stress seasons, like I'm an accountant. So I have to up my appointments because stress, that's another way the enemy tries to get in. Like, oh yeah, this is stress season. I, I'm like, I can, I can wiggle in. So sometimes I need to, you know, talk to someone who has that particular best interest and can say, you know what, Juanita, uh, you're thinking a little too much about that. Or yes, you're justified in thinking that way, but let me help you think of it another way. No. So I pray that this testimony Friday was a blessing to you that you got so much out of it. Um, my goal always is just to impart wisdom and knowledge and to just be transparent in my story. Um, of course, there will be more about my particular journey um, in a little bit more detail, but just know that it is a, is a process. It's a progress and a process. I am still a work in progress. You know, um, I can say that the last week has been a great week. You know, he's opened up some doors. I've been seeing how he's working in my life. Um, I'm a little bit more grounded in my studying, you know, those things. I'm identifying things more now. And so it's a good week for me, you know, and granted, again, like I said, we have those, you know, down weeks, but don't beat yourself up about it. Don't say, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to be saved and I'm not supposed to feel this way. You know, if you need to speak to a mental health professional, please do so. If you need to speak to a life coach, do so. You know, whatever it is that in the journey and what you're trying to take and move forward, seek out those professionals that are trained and licensed. And notice what I said. I said trained and licensed. And yes, pray over the people you're looking at and searching for, because God is going to direct you to those that can help you move forward in the purpose in which he has for you. 
but they're there for your utilization. They're there for you to grow and to prosper. So don't feel bad that you're doing it. Don't feel bad that, you know, you're going to be less than. And if you have people around you that try to convince you that you're less than because you have to use a therapist, then you don't need those people around you. You know, um, I cannot speak on anyone's ministry and where you're, you know, attending and worshiping, but you should never be made to feel less than because you have to seek the help of a therapist or a specialist or a life coach. That is what God created them for. He gave them that knowledge. He gave them that specialty to help you. I want to thank you guys so much for listening and following. Um, and thank you so much for listening and being a part of this oldie but goodie. Um, stick around. I'll be posting more in the weeks to come leading up to season four. But have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Hope you're blessed and we will speak with you soon. Have a great one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Moving Pasture Radio Show. Make sure to visit our website at www.movingpastyou.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you found value in the show, rate us on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for our next episode. And remember to always be kind in your word, your thought, and in your deed. Be blessed.